0: Family, the bedrock of society, an important influence to children that helps shape their perspective of life as they grow up. It helps in building their confidence, shaping their beliefs, values, and more importantly, helps them to become what God has ordained them to be. The dynamics of the family circle cannot be overemphasized. It plays a key role in our social interactions as adults and as children and because of its domino effect in our lives we need to pay attention to it and be heavily invested in building a healthy strong family with the goal of raising better children, building healthy relationships between spouses but more importantly in building a better society across all nations. Get ready to explore and learn with Pastor Fumi Alawale on the subject of family dynamics and its impact in our lives.
1: Hello, good day. How are you? I hope uh, your week has been great. It's good to be back on Family Dynamics with Pastor Fumi. Um, and um, we bless God for how he has brought us. Uh, we're going to dive in straight into marital issues, into marriage in itself. We've been talking so much about what to do to make the right choice, and all the other things that we discussed. But today, we're going to look at, because a lot of times, most of us, we, we marry each other because we say, okay, we fall in love, or we love the person. So we, we notice that love is so critical in relationships. So we're going to be looking at love in marriage, love in marriage. And I believe that um, by the Spirit of the Lord, everyone will be blessed. Uh, let's just pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. We give you glory. We give you praise. We ask, O oh God, that as we go into your word, the Lord, you will help us, you will teach us by your spirit, and you help to build our relationships so that our relationships will bring glory to your name in all things. Thank you, Father. Take charge. I'm just a channel, so speak through me and let every one of us be blessed by your spirit. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So as we start, I'm going to read some, maybe two verses of the scriptures that talk about love and what, what God feels about it. Uh, Ephesians 5.25, most of the time when you go for weddings, this is read. So it's key in relationship. husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Ephesians 5, 25. Now, I'm reading Titus 2, 4. Uh, In this chapter, we see that Apostle Paul was, I mean, in this verse, Apostle Paul was admonishing the older women to teach the younger one, or to admonish the younger one to love their husband. So we see that love is key. So, But what is love in itself? Because this word love, when it comes to English language, mean you just have you just love. Most of the time, we can't define it. We don't even know what it means. Because see, this same word in English language, you can love your cat. I can love my dress. I can love my husband. I can love my car. We love different things. So, so, but the kind of love that I think the Bible is talking about. Will not be the kind of love we have for our cats or for our car or for our dresses and things like that. So, um, whatever it is, the love we have for objects or certain things we enjoy is different from the love that we are supposed to have in relationships. And um, when we talk about relationships, I'm talking about love between spouses, husband and wife, love between siblings, love between siblings and parents, love between co-workers, colleagues at work, um, love between church members, which is, according to the Bible, it should be brotherly love. So what type of love should a husband have for his wife as instructed by the word of God? What is this kind of love that we are talking about? And each time I read the story of Leah, I know that things like sex is not what keeps marriage. So there must be something more that we need to to, to to make sure that, you know, our home stays the way God wants it to stay. Because Leah's husband, Jacob was having sex with her all the time. They were having children and yet he did not love her. It was Richard he loved. So what is this love? So. Uh, When we look at the New Testament, um, it has four different types of love according to Greek interpretation, the different words that were used for different verses of the scripture that talks about love. So in the New Testament, we see the love like eros, phileo, storge, and agape. So we'll be defining... And examining these different types of love based on what we see in the scripture. Because our manner for living as Christians is the Bible. So whatever religion you believe in, uh, we believe that God is God. He created us and he has a purpose for our lives. And he was the one that instituted marriage. So if if he is the originator of marriage then the best thing to do to get what he intends for marriage is to go back to the manual for living, which he gave us as Bible. So when we look at eros, eros is physical attraction. This this is the only Greek term for love that is not referenced directly in the scripture. We saw eros as physical attraction, romantic love, the love between lovers, uh, husband and wife, or whatever relationship we, we think we are in. So we look at this, at this same point, when we consider, uh, we look at it intensely, when we look at sex in marriage. I don't want us to talk so much about Eros, but just for us to know what it is. It is physical attraction between a man and a woman. And that's what, we, that's Eros. Another one that we're talking about is torch This is natural affection or familiar love. The kind of the the kind of type, the, the kind of type of love that exists between a parent, the way a parent feels towards the child, the way the siblings feel towards each other. So it's love between parents and their children, or love between siblings. So but when we look at the Bible, there is nowhere in the Bible where we see as Asturge. But we see the opposite of Sturge, which is astorge, Astorgos. This is used twice in the Bible. And the word Sturge is not used in the scripture in that simple form. So when you look at what astorgos is, it's, it's Sturge with A in front of it. So it's the opposite of Sturge. Uh, which means without love, without natural affection. We saw this used in Romans 1, and 31. We saw it also used in 2 Timothy uh, 1 to 3. And in, in Romans, the Bible was saying that because they refused to retain God in their knowledge, the Bible said it gave them up to a reprobate mind. You know, a, a, a mind that does whatever, so they, they do whatever with their body. So that is that is the love that is astrologers. That is they don't have love. They are without love. They are without natural affection. And it was used also in Second Timothy three one to three, and it talks about in the last day, Perilous time will come. The love of many will cold. So. For men will be unloving. He mentioned that. He said men will be unloving. That's the only time we saw Astogos used in the Bible, which is the opposite of thought. So it is lack of natural love. And this is the example we found when King killed his brother Abel. They were brothers, same mother, same father. But for one reason or the other, jealousy, he allowed the devil to to use him and he killed his brother. And in the present day where we are, we could see storge, ast- astorges, astogos all over the place. We see mothers killing their babies, maybe because, oh, I'm not ready for pregnancy, the next thing we will, abo- will be abortion. And when you look at the natural tendency of a mother, a mother will fiercely protect their children. I remember those days in my house back in Africa, we have a garden, so we, we have chickens that were not caged. They, they're free range. They roam about picking things. And sometimes you, you see um, uh, another bird, big one. I can't remember the name now. I remember the name in, in, in my language. Coming to take, because that's what they do. They take these small, small chicks so that they, they, that's their own uh, vulture. I think they're vultures. They, they come and snatch so you see when they are coming, you see how wide the mother will become. He wants to, she wants to do everything possible to protect the chicks. So and that's the natural tendency for any mother. So boy in, in situation where it's beyond anybody, sometimes we see mothers killing their children because they love themselves more than the children. So that is astogus. So storge is used in scripture in combination with the third type of love that we're going to talk about that's philia or filio. in Romans 12:10 it said bible said be kindly affectionate to one to one another with brotherly love so this is the kind of love that should exist between brothers in church brothers you know we we You know, that, that's the only place where it was used. So it's the Greek word, trans, the Greek word of that kindly affectionate is philostogos, a word that combines philio and starch. So family affection, brothers and sisters in Christ, is what God expects from us as people. We are in the same church. We are Christians together. We have to love one another," he said. "Let brotherly love continue." So, but filio is strong affection, affection between friends. We saw this in the example of Jesus Christ when he wept at the at the at the at the place when he heard that Lazarus was dead at the tomb. The Bible says Jesus wept. That's John eleven thirty six. So, the, Jesus demonstrated this kind of filial love. This is, uh, is the kind of love or where forms part of the word philosophy, affection for wisdom, philanthropy, affection for fellow men. So, filial. So, we saw that the church in Philadelphia, as seen in Revelation chapter 3, is the church of brotherly love. That's where that word comes from. So, love between close friends. We've been childhood friends. We know everything about each other. We love each other. That's filial. Now, in marriage, the kind of love that we we have in marriage will also be eros, will be filial. Eros will be romantic love. That is also important in marriage. Because if you are not romantic or if you don't romance yourself it will be difficult for such couple to enjoy sex. So eros is part of what we need in marriage, even though it's not what keeps marriage together. Another one that we need in marriage is this feeling. We have to be friends to each other. This should exist in marriage, and marriage in itself should be a union of two people that are friends, best friends, deep and close friendship. So when you as a husband or a wife, you're not friends to one another. Your husband, you as a husband, you have a better friend or best friend somewhere else apart from your wife. That's not what God intends it to be. Your wife should be your partner, should be your confidant person. You can tell everything about your life to. And if that is not existing in your relationship I'm praying and believing God, that God will restore such kind of, love between spouse you some people may say if the husband is traveling or the wife is ah thank god let her just go and even if she can spend one two one month that is tragic that's that is disaster that shouldn't be the case and so it's so important and i pray that god will restore filial to your relationship, if you feel this way, it is something we need. We have to be friends because when the children are gone, <laughs> it will be just you and your husband. And if you are not friends, it will be a lot of issue. You staying together twenty-four-seven in a house without being friends—it's you. That marriage cannot be something you enjoy. But above all, the most important love in marriage is agape. And this agape kind of love is a superior love, God's kind of love, the unconditional love of God. And the Bible says for us as Christians, this love has been shared abroad in our hearts. When you give your life to Christ, Jesus Christ comes to live on the inside of you. He becomes your Lord. And that love is shared abroad in our hearts. Which means for us as Christians, we are able to demonstrate this love because the seed of God Is on the inside of us. And so if we are not demonstrating it, that means the Bible says if we ate our brethren, then we don't have love. But this love is important. This is the kind of love that Jesus was expecting Peter to have for him. And he kept saying, Peter, do you love me more than this? And at the end of the day, after all those, uh, uh, he asked three, three times, he discovered that, Peter didn't have understanding of what he was talking about. So he resulted to filial love. So, Simon Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me more than this? That's what the question Jesus was asking. So for us as people of God, as Christians, born again, Holy Ghost filled, and if you're not born again, this is another opportunity to give your life to Christ. It's the best life. It's the one that can help you in your home. Because he's the originator of of marriage. And for you to be happy at home, his principles have to be followed. And that's why we're talking about this. So the the kind of love a man is supposed to have for his wife is the unconditional love. The love that accepts her in spite of who she is. The love the, the man is to agape his wife. You know, and God knows that for women, it's easy for you to love a man. We, we fall in love easily. And you can give your life for a man you, because we put all our emotions into it. And the only thing that God knows that will be difficult for us is respect. And that's why he said, women, we need to respect our own husband. So that's different. And the only instruction that was given to the man is the man to love the wife. So it's easy for a woman to love so the man has a duty of love towards the, the woman. Now, love was not easy or natural. It's not, it's not natural to an, to the average husband. And that's why Paul commanded it that the man must love the wife. Um, as a husband, your wife needs to be your best friend. He needs, he needs, she needs to be your best friend. The wife needs, you need your husband, you need your husband to agape you. You need him to care for you. You need him to, to cherish you as a treasure. The Bible says her price is far above rubies. That's who a woman is in the life of, of a man. And if for any reason you don't see your wife as that, you have missed it because it's the best helper that God has given you in the journey of life. So you need to love her as Christ loved the church. Christ loved this church so much that he gave himself for the church. And who is the church? Is you and me. He loves us when we were sinners. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The love that made him left the throne in heaven to come and die for people that he was not even sure we accept him as Lord. So this is the kind of love that God expects us to, to, to give to our wife. You don't see your wife as an object. You don't see her as an employee to satisfy your needs, or look after the children, take care of the home. That, marriage is much more than that. If you need somebody to take care of the home, then go and employ a maid. If you need somebody to cook for you, you can employ a cook. But well, your wife is your friend. Your wife is your partner. Partner in your journey of life. And if you will see her as God has seen her, then you will go a long way to have a good home and enjoy home. What then are the characteristics of this love? Unconditional. It's not affected by the looks, possession, or their actions. If your, if your wife doesn't know how to cook, five, the Bible says you should still love her. You can teach her to cook. If she, she, doesn't dress well, you still love her. You can teach her to dress well, to dress the way you want her to dress. You can, if she's not up to the standard you want, you can increase her standard, make her better. But you don't have an excuse not, not to love her. That's what the Bible says. Unconditional love. The love that has saved the woman the way she is. I remember the story of one of her friends. They're from different parts of the country and they married each other. They went for any money, everything was fine. They came back and there's a particular dish that the man likes. So she cooked the dish in, in a way that they cooked it in their own place. The man ate the first day. After that, another two or three times and he was thinking, ah. This is the most simplest form of food anyone, any woman should be able to cook. How come she doesn't know how to do it? So one of the days, he woke up and said, you know what, darling, I'm going to cook for you. Let's go to the kitchen together. Then he was doing that dish. And then he was saying, oh, you see, this is how to do it so that you don't have lumps there. And the woman said, I put the lumps by myself because that is how they did it. You know, if that man did not show love and say, let me show you something. If he's fighting and say, ah, I've never seen a woman that doesn't know how to cook like this. This is most of the simplest food you need to cook. You know, it will have led to problems. But in love, he wanted to show her how to do it. And this is what God expects of us. Agape cannot be hand or merit. It's not merited. It is what we are given. It's God that has put it in our lives. And the more we love Jesus, the more we can agape people around us. So it is independent of how you are treated in return. You may agape your wife, and your wife is nasty to you. It's not dependent on the response. And if you do it faithfully as unto the Lord, you will see God turning situation around to make your home a better place. Agape loves even when rejected, when mistreated, when scorned. So it's an unconditional love. And this is, we see a lot of, we see that particular example in the Bible where the man, Osea, prophet Osea, went and married a prostitute according to the instruction given by God. And that's why the fact that this man left the home and went and run after the, the man, the man still went looking for her. So agape is sacrificial. It is not about feelings or emotion. It is a choice, it is an act of a will to say, I choose to love this woman. I choose to agape her. And that's what God wants us to do. And I will encourage us to go back and read first Corinthians 13 4 to 7. Say love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, It's not puffed up, it does not behave rudely does not seek his own is not provoked thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in truth bears all things believes all things hopes all things and endures all things so the love that God wants us to do is the agape love and is important for us as people of God to keep our home God love God himself is the embodiment of love and if you have him as your father you have him as your god you have him as the king and the lord of your life that seed of god for love or the agape love is on the inside of you and you can do it so i will encourage us to seek god and say god help me we will look deeply into this in the next episode but it's what god expects us to do i wish you um Um, the best of the day even as you journey in the day the Lord bless you keep sharing the message let the people know that this is going on send the link or talk to your friends to be on the lookout for these messages it will help your home and God bless you have a wonderful day enjoy the rest of the day thank you God bless